I have been so used to sitting down talking to you, I might have to use that stool today. <laughs> Some of you guys look better with a mask on than you did without the mask. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> watch it, man. Watch it, man. <laughs> I appreciate y'all so much. Appreciate you being here. Some folks are not feeling comfortable yet, and that's absolutely okay. Everybody will come back on their own timetable. Thank you for adhering to the precautions the best we possibly can. Um, your question to me is, Mark, when will all those precautions end? And I don't have an answer for that. That's kind of one of the big question marks that I have. You know, we set these precautions in place. The, the governor is never going to make an announcement that says it's time that you can shake hands again. So I don't know how all that goes. There's still some question marks from, on me on all that kind of stuff, but um, it is what it is. And thank you for uh, being the church and doing what we can do during uh, all this time. I'm, um, I'm ex excited that we're back. It's May the, uh, March the 8th was the last time we were in here together. So that's right at three months, right? Uh, or maybe, yeah, yeah, right at three months, 12 weeks that, that we were, that uh, when we had our services interrupted. Um, I'm excited but I'm, I'm sad. I'm excited, but I'm frustrated. I'm excited, but I'm confused. I'm excited, but uh, more times than not in the past 10 days, I've been angry. And, um, you know, I, I think you would expect maybe a real celebratory message today as we come back in, but uh, I think... Uh, I would avoid the elephant in the room if I didn't speak honestly to what's going on in the state of our world today. So this is not going to be one of those big uplifting messages that you're going to walk out here and feel really great. Uh, but it's, it's, I think it's going to be truth that, that I think I need to hear and we all need to hear. And I, this sounds rather egotistical, that I, I feel like the whole world needs to hear now, this message that I'm going to give you, can I tell you, first of all, that I make a disclaimer on this, because this message is through the lens of a white man. Okay, I, I'm white, I'm not ashamed that I'm white, I'm white. I was raised white, uh, I was raised in a white culture, I, and even though my white, listen, even though my whiteness is not where my identity is. That whiteness goes through every other thing in my life that gives me identity. Um, so I speak to you this morning, hopefully, prayerfully, not as a white man. I speak to you this morning as a Christian white man. You understand the difference on that? I think that's a crucial difference on all that. So what I say to you today is, has been probably as prayed over as any message that I've ever preached in 23 years of preaching now. And uh, I, want, I want you to hear it, but I want you to know I know I'm white, and I know because I'm white I see some things probably differently, and, and uh, because I'm white, and I can't do anything about that, nor would I want to do anything about that. I'm not ashamed of that. And, and so there's going to be some things here today that, that you may identify with. There may be some things that you don't identify with, but I, I want you to hear this message today um, just from my heart 
And that's why I pulled this stool up here because I, I kind of want to have a conversation with you today more than I want to preach to you. A conversation on how we can, on how this Christian white man is dealing with all of this. And that may, you'll, you may find areas of agreement and you may find areas of disagreement, but you're just going to hear the heart of somebody who's trying to be as honest as I can be. I'm not trying to please anybody except God. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm just trying to tell you how this Christian white guy is dealing with this whole thing, okay? Now, uh, there's several things that I want to say to you in first and fourth. And the, the things that I said, I guess, a week ago Friday, coronavirus talk number 35, <laughs> uh, those things still apply. I mean, everything I said there applies. If you want to go back on our website and check out two messages that I preached back-to-back -back in August of 16, I think, that were entitled Black Lives Matter. You, you can, I listened to both of those this week, and everything I said then I think still applies to, to me now and to the situation that I'm in and that we're in as a church. First of all, I want to say there is absolutely no excuse, zero, nada, no excuse for the murder of George Floyd. I have, never, I have talked to several police officers uh, in this city and outside of this city. I have yet to find the first police officer that has tried to justify that. Not the first one has tried to justify that. They use the word murder. They use the word bad policing. They use the word police brutality. I'm assuming there probably is a cop out there maybe that wants to justify that. I don't know. But I have not talked to a single one. I have not talked to a... I've talked to one white person that made an attempt to somehow say, well, it wasn't as bad as all of that. I've talked to a lot of white people, and only one of those people made an attempt, and it was a half-hearted attempt, but made an attempt to somehow justify that. Can I say to you without a shadow of a doubt that the man that had the knee on the back of George Floyd should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Okay? Now, what does that mean? I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't even know the difference between second degree, third degree, and first degree. I have no clue on that. So I'm not here to say what should be first, should be third, should be second. I have no clue because I couldn't even tell you the, the difference. And I, did, I could have taken the time to look it up, but I'm not going to because I'm going to leave that to people that are trained in that area. Whatever the fullest extent of the law is, whatever that would be, maybe it's second degree, I don't know. Whatever the fullest extent of the law is, that the, the guy that had the knee in the back of George Floyd should be prosecuted to whatever that fullest extent. And the three officers that were around him are complicit in the act. Are they like as guilty and the charges would be the same? I don't know anything about that. But I see no way. And I have not watched the video. And I have chosen not to watch the video. I don't judge anyone that does. I've read a lot about it. I've seen the picture that everyone has seen. But from where I stand, I see nothing 
There is absolutely no excuse. I've heard people say, well, well, was that a racist act? Uh, I obviously don't know what was in that man's heart. If he had his knee on that guy's neck because I'm a white guy and I'm better than you, then obviously it was a racist act. If he had hatred in his heart and I just want to put down the black race, he had, that is certainly a racist act. But I don't know what was in that guy's heart. It absolutely could have been racism. It certainly was bad policing and police brutality. It certainly was. And even if it wasn't racism, you cannot expect that any act that a white person, police officer or not, any act that a white person would do something like that to a black person, you cannot, ex- cannot expect that racial undertones will not be brought up through all of that. So you're, you're, you're hearing me say, first of all, I see no reason. I'm very quick. I knew I couldn't sit down the whole time. I'm very quick to give police officers the benefit of the doubt. I am very quick to do that. In my 61 years of living, I have many times the benefit of the doubt has been proven correct. But I see no way with what I've read, heard, and all of that, that that instant there's any doubt. And I haven't heard a police officer. And I've said what I just said to police officers before. I I haven't heard them push back on me or anything like that at all. A couple of scriptures I want to share with you that says there is absolutely no place, and let's call it racism. We can't, I don't know, I'm honest with you. I don't know what was in that guy's heart on those eight minutes and 36 seconds or whatever it was. I don't know what was in his heart. But If there is any racism in his heart, in my heart, in any of our heart, anyone that would call themselves the follower of Jesus Christ, let me read some verses to you. 1 John chapter 2, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother. I looked up that word hates. That word from the Greek is always translated hate, but a secondary definition is looks, looks with lower esteem. Because there's a verse that says, if I don't hate my mother and father. If I don't hate my mother and father and love Jesus, then I'm not worthy of the kingdom. And that hate, that word hate always bothers us. Right there we can get that. If I don't hold my mother and father, if I need to hold them in less esteem. So anyone who hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Can you be a Christian and be a racist? You're still in darkness. Can you be a Christian and go to heaven? You're still in darkness. Next verse. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. Next verse. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in darkness. They do not know where they are going because they are, the darkness has blinded them. That hate has blinded them. How can anyone have received the grace of God in their life? How can anyone have Jesus living in their life? How can anyone have the Holy Spirit residing in their heart and somehow think, I'm better than this person because I'm white and they're black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. 
I don't, as a Christian white person, I don't understand how that can be. And I think I stand on the authority of God's word. The authority, the God's word does not talk about black and white relationships. It does not specifically deal with racism the way we understand racism to be. But it does have a lot to say about no partiality and treating everyone the same. And it does have a lot to say about the racism in that day and time and that the Bible was concerned about, which was Jew-Gentile relationship. The Jews certainly held the Gentiles in low esteem. (laughs) And I think the word hate would not be too strong. And Peter was given a vision one day that from God that he should not do that. That's a whole story that's in Acts chapter 10. And that story winds up with a couple of verses here at the end. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. That was in a Jew-Gentile circumstance, but it's easy biblical interpretation and correct biblical interpretation to put that black-white, black-Asian, Asian-black, Hispanic-black, however you want to do that. That God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Friends, I'm trying to tell you that there is absolutely no excuse for what we saw. It was so needless. It, it was, it was, it's like it was unbelievable what in the world could have been going on in their minds. And some people will say, and this is the, the one guy, that the white guy that I said tried to defend it, he says, well, more will come out, and I, I don't know what more can come out. A Christian white person is dealing with this issue. As a Christian white person, I also want to give you some other scriptures. Romans chapter 10 comes to mind. And in Romans chapter 10, excuse me, Karen, that should be Romans chapter 12. I knew that didn't look really good. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. And it's good that I carry my Bible with me. Romans chapter 12, verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. That's a truth that needs to be heard. There's a a truth that what happened to George Floyd was absolutely inexcusable, and and, and the officer should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. There's another truth that no one should repay evil for evil. Be careful what is to to do right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Friends, it's an equal truth that there was no excuse for what happened 10 days ago, whenever it was. But the aftermath of that is not at all biblical. As a Christian white man, How do you respond to injustice that you see in the world? And this is obviously a a very unjust act. Well, I'm not sure how you totally respond to that, but you do not return evil for evil. That does not work. And this has application for you far, far more than anything that we're talking about in the instance of racism here. The Bible says, when you have been wronged, do not return evil for evil. 
Do not take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. And so what we've seen as the aftermath of that is not a response that we should have seen. It is not right. Okay? I understand the anger. I'm a white man. I cannot totally understand the anger. Let, Let me be honest. I cannot totally understand the anger. But I can somehow identify with the anger. I can identify with the frustration. I can identify with with something welling up in your spirit and, 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 and you just don't know what to do with the anger. I can identify with that. I'm not proud of this, but there's a hole in my closet wall because I didn't know what to do with my anger one time. Identify with anger. Identify not knowing what to do with it. And I also identify with making poor choices, a hole in a wall. But just because I can understand it doesn't make it any less wrong. I saw something on Facebook that someone said, you don't have to agree with the riots, but you have to understand them. I get what they're getting at, but I don't agree with a lot of things. I, I mean, I understand a lot of things, but that doesn't make them right. So can you hear this from a Christian white man today? In whatever vein that you have been wronged and there's been any injustice done to you, the Bible clearly says don't repay evil for evil. Well, Mark, I, they didn't, the Bible really isn't really talking about a situation like this. Can you also hear me say, there's a lot, lot of black folk that was trying not to encourage the rioters. There's a lot of black folk that were trying to peacefully protest, block targets. Now, were there some black folks that were rioting? Yes. Were there some were there some woke white people riding? Yes. Were there some enlightened, thinking they're better than all of us white people rioting? Yes. And you see where a little bit of my anger is coming from. The Bible clearly says, do not repay evil for evil. What's our response to injustice? I don't know if I know I'm going to give you a couple of things in a second, but I'm not sure I know totally. But I know what it's not. According to God's word, it's not repaying evil for evil. I want to show a graphic up here that some people have seen uh, on Facebook. There's one part of this graphic I don't like. It's not that I don't like it. I think they could have made it better. As a Christian white person, this is where I stand. As a Christian white person. Not as a white person, because my identity is not in my whiteness. I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a pastor, all of those. And my whiteness, I know, permeates all of those. 
but my identity is not in my whiteness. I'm a Christian white person. As a Christian white person, I identify. I am outraged, as I've tried to tell you, with the police officer's actions. I do not condone paying, repaying evil for evil. And I do support good police officers, which there are loads and loads and far outweigh the bad ones. Hey, friends, there's bad cops, there's bad firefighters, there's bad teachers, there's bad preachers, there's bad everything. And we'll never have the power to wipe totally out evil from people's hearts because we don't have the power to wipe sin away from people. And I, that doesn't mean you have to accept racism. I'm just saying it's a reality, and it's a reality because of sin. And the number of racist cops are greatly dwarfed by the number that are there to protect and serve. Here's my issue here. Believe it or not, it's okay to be all three. Okay is not a good word there. Okay is like, well, Clyde feels one way and I feel another. That's okay. It's okay, Clyde, that you feel that way, and it's okay that um, uh, Doug feels that way and that Susie feels that way and that Ronnie feels that way. It's okay. It's okay. I would say here, as a Christian white man, this is the right place to be. It's right to be right there as a Christian white man. Now, there are going to be people that probably would disagree with me on that. But as a Christian white man, as I try to interpret all this, I just don't see how a Christian cannot be outraged by George Floyd's death. I don't see how a Christian can condone the rioting and looting. I don't see how a Christian cannot support good police officers. I could see how non-believers would do that. And obviously what we're seeing on the streets and the looting, we're not, those aren't Christians out there doing that. I, I would say this is the right place to be. From this Christian's white, Christian white person standpoint, this is the right place to be. So what do we do with all of what I've said here? What's our response to it? It's just not good enough to say, get up and say what I think or what, how I deal with it. What's the response? Well, Psalm 139 is the start of my response. And I prayed this prayer many times in the last 10 days. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Lord, if there is any tinge of racism in me that makes somehow think that I'm better, than another person because of the color of my skin. Oh God, would you search me and let me know that? Because I'm not above it. I'm not such so pure and holy that I wouldn't be above having some evil thought creep into my mind. I'm not going to take the time, but if you want to listen to those two messages I preach on Black Lives Matter, you can understand the racist upbringing that I was raised in, and I was fully aware of that stuff that's out there. But my constant prayer this week was, Lord, 
you know, search me. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense. Listen. See if there is any offensive way inside of me. And if there is, make me aware of it. Let me know it. Knock me over the head with your two-by-four. Whatever you've got to do. If things that come into my mind that I think about all this stuff are not right, search me. And if there's any offensive way in me, any thought that there shouldn't be, any feeling that there shouldn't be, lead me away from that. Lead me in the everlasting way. Now, I've had thoughts this week that I've had to, that I've had, that I've had to pray that prayer afterwards. Leave that up there if you would, Karen. I've had thoughts this week that come into my mind, and I've wondered, well, is that racism? I had a thought this week that went like this. In fact, I had a thought Saturday that went like this. I believe with all my heart that black lives matter. I believe with all my heart. Not an inch of me that doesn't believe that black lives matter. But I'm not too fired up about the organization Black Lives Matter. And when that thought goes through my mind, I say, search me, oh God. God, if, if, if that is not a thought that I should be having as a Christian person, you convince me of that. If you go on the, the, the website Black Lives Matter and see what they believe, you'll be able to identify with about half of what they believe and some you would definitely will not be able to identify with it. So to me, black lives matter, exclamation point, hallelujah, absolutely black lives matter. But in my mind, I separate the organization from that little saying, black lives matter. And I ask myself, search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Is that what I should be thinking or what I shouldn't be thinking? There's been stuff over Facebook this week and I've gone dark on Facebook for the obvious reason. I, did, I needed to pause, and I, I didn't want to share anything because there was so much junk that was being thrown around. And so there was, thing, there was a thing on Facebook going around. Everybody was being real cool and saying, I'm listening, meaning I'm listening to my black brothers and sisters. And I, I, friends, over my 23 years of pastor, I've had many meetings with my black brothers, other pastors, about these kind of issues and help me work through some of my stuff that I had to work through. So I'm listening too. But what my thought, my thought was, yeah, I'm listening. But it's really hard to hear over the sound of breaking glass and burning buildings. And rubber bullets and tear gas. The sound of riots. Search me, oh God. Is, is that an ugly thought? Search me, O oh God. Is that the wrong thought? Is that a thought from an impure heart? Search me, O oh God. I didn't go spout that off somewhere. Search me, O oh God. I've had this thought. Is, is, is that, does it make any sense? Is there any truth to that? What thoughts do you have that you need to say, Search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. I had another thought. Well, I had lots of thoughts, but I'm not going to have time to share them with you. I had this thought. 
Our society. I hope you hear my heart on this. Our society can deal with some racist cops. That doesn't mean that we are not concerned about it, but there's ways to deal with that. There's, 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 there's a court of law to deal with that. There's, what, there's, there's firings, there's discipline. When, when cops get out of line, we have a way to deal with that. that. There's a structure set up to deal with that. Has that structure always worked? No. No, it hasn't. But our society as a whole, we can deal with some racism on the police force. But you know what our society cannot deal with? We cannot deal with no law and order. We do not have a society if we do not have law and we do not have order. Well, Mark, what you saw there in Minneapolis, that wasn't law and order. I believe that 100%. That wasn't law and order either. But friends, if we don't have law and order, how can we have it a society? We can deal. We have a mechanism to deal with some racist cops. We can deal with that. We've improved. We are improving. We will improve as a country. But our country will go straight down the hill if there is no law and there is no order. Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in that thought. And if it is, lead me away from it. Convict me of it. Search me, O God. There's another gentleman this week that God has been searching his heart as well. And I've invited, I've invited Greg McAfee to come and say a few words to his church family. What I'd like for you to know here is uh, there's going to be a press release that comes out tomorrow. So anything that Greg says, uh, don't take it to Facebook. Let's let the press release do it. Let the press release do it. Please, let's honor him in that. Greg. Good morning. Uh, you may or may not know that uh, I posted something on Facebook that was uh, very insensitive. And as a Christian at this church, I just needed to stand. Pastor Mark invited me, but I, God knew I needed to stand and say, I'm sorry, um, I let you down. Um, please forgive me. I ask for your forgiveness. Um, I'm sorry I let Jesus down. Um, great message today. Glad to be back in church. Um, I shouldn't have posted what I posted. Um, it was out of frustration. It was wrong and it hurt a lot of people, especially my family and my McAfee team, um, which worked so hard. Um, but I'd like to just read part of my uh, statement and then um, just say a few things that may help someone. This is an emotional, painful time for our country, 
In the aftermath of recent events, I made comments on social media that were written out of frustration and ignorance that leave me with much regret. The intent of my post was to communicate a concern that the dozens of simultaneous riots and events causing harm to our great American cities and communities following the tragic murder of George Floyd seemed orchestrated and planned. However, after meeting with a group of African-American friends, I now understand why there is such a sense of readiness and that sense of readiness should not only reside in the black community. As I tried to express my feelings on my post, I failed to realize the hurtful impact my words could and did have. And as they were being copied and pasted around the world quickly, I didn't know what to do. So I removed my post and turned off my Facebook. Even though some of what was uh, copied was taken out of context, I still realized my comments were hurtful. Please know that in no way do I believe the horrific murder of Mr. Floyd was planned. To the Dayton community, I'm sorry for what I said. I take full responsibility for my choice of words and I offer my sincere apologies to everyone who was angered, saddened, and perhaps the hardest for me, let down by my actions. I ask for your forgiveness. I'm seeking guidance to understand ways to avoid being insensitive to others. And like many of you, I pray for justice for Mr. Floyd and his family, and I fully support the peaceful protests taking place around our country and right here in the Miami Valley. I hope my actions going forward become part of the solution. I know that with help of my family and friends and church and the support of the community, I can and will do better. I'm not asking for you to give me your trust, but I'm asking for the opportunity to earn it. So I've had uh, uh, just a lot of things said to me, and uh, worse yet, uh, my team, uh, they've had uh, people flip them off and try to run them off the road and say you actually work for that guy. And um, I started McAfee 30 years ago with nothing, worked very hard to build a brand, a name you can trust, you can count on me. Can you? Um, so I just wanted to say, how stupid can you be? <laughs> I had someone ask me that. How stupid can you be? You know better. So I thought about that, and I thought, in one moment, one moment, it's possible to lose everything you worked for. One moment, 30 years, one moment. It's possible to do so good so good, and one bad thing can suck it all down the drain. We are all one step from stupid. And if you don't think you are, you're closer to it than everyone else. If I would see this happening to someone else, I'd probably be a little judgmental and say, how stupid can you be? I have a really good friend, 32 years of friendship. He said, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. And he said, I say it in love. So it's easy um, on the mountaintop. See, I was on the mountaintop. Things were going very well. It's easy on the mountaintop. 
You see, on the mountaintop, you get very confident. It's easy to get very confident. Matter of fact, even though I, t I teach and I talk about this to other business owners, there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. But I'll tell you what, you get too high on that mountaintop, you can get pretty cocky. And also, you get safe. See, you get safe, meaning you can do a few things, say a few things, and you get careless. You get too comfortable on the mountaintop. And the valley is not that far from the mountaintop. I'm, I'm, I found that out this week. The valley's not that far. I got taken down a few notches, several notches, actually. And that, I don't want to leave here saying McAfee's going under. By no means, it's got a very, very, very strong customer base. And, you know, it's probably affected a, a, a portion of our customers because some have canceled. And, um, however, uh, the valley is a humbling place, very humbling place. You have to admit your failure in the valley. Doesn't matter your net worth, they're just zeros. But you can be very prideful, no matter who you are. But in the valley, I have to stand before you and humble myself to say, how stupid am I? And you have to face others. And Paul said, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. He didn't say for them. Yeah, that's right. He said in them. I'm not thankful for this. I am not thankful, but I am thankful in this because I have to be. It's not an option. A lot of people are praying for me. I, I ask that you pray for me and my family. Anybody with a McAfee name, um, but the good thing is the credibility holds steady in a crisis. And we're still busy. We've lost a few employees who are scared. I don't blame them at all. And I just ask uh, that you pray for me and my family and my team. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me away from that. Lead me to the everlasting way. I, two more minutes and we'll end our 50-minute service. And I've got more to say and I'm just not going to go there. So what's our response? Search me, O oh God. Search me, oh God. I have a thought that comes into my mind. Black lives matter, but I'm not too fired up about the organization Black Lives Matter. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Now the response is, some people have tried to tell me that as a pastor, one of my jobs is to change the world. Well, that intimidates me to death. <laughs> I don't know how to change the world. If you put that on my job description, you might as well go get another pastor right now. 
how, how, how do I how do I do that I don't I don't know but you know what I have some authority and influence in my household and I wonder if we would all say what Joshua said in chapter 24 as for me and my household and this person would say it and this person would say it and they would say it and they would say it and they would say it times thousand times ten thousand Ooh, we, we may be changing the world <laughs> we may be changing the world but it's got to start with me my family as for me and my household and it starts with you and your family as for me and my household racism will not be a part of who we are and if some thought comes to my mind that isn't even I wonder if is there a tinge is that wrong does that grieve your heart search me oh God search me oh God search me oh God And as we do that here and there and everywhere, I wonder if the world can be changed. I'm talking to Christians. I know I'm talking to Christians. And, and the people that were doing the things that we saw this week were not followers of Jesus Christ. Or at least for those moments, they certainly set it aside. But for us as a church, our response and how we make things better in a big way starts with, as for me and my household. As for me and my household. As for me and my household. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God.